Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Breaking news. Now, the latest on Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, lots of big breaking news to talk with you about. In particular, some more tragic news coming out of Ukraine, coming from officials there who say that some of the statistics are extremely grim. We saw, of course, what happened in Bucha. That is, of course, the suburb of Kiev where those images were that were released just a few days ago that shocked the world, they shocked the conscience of any form of humanity. When you see women and children laying on the streets, their bodies just strewn all over the streets. And now tonight, we are getting word from the mayor there in Mariupol. That, of course, is on the eastern side. And that is one of those port cities. That's one of the cities that is just being pounded by the Russians. That particular city has been taking such an unbelievable beating. There's about 400,000 residents that were there at the beginning. Now there were at one point about 100,000 left that many people said were being starved. And now the mayor of that town reporting that he believes 5,000 people have been killed in his town alone. That is a stunning number. And many people think that that death count is about to go a lot, lot higher just in that town alone because the Russians have been shelling that town because it's in a pivotal location where they want to create this sort of land bridge coming from the top eastern part of the country downward so they can basically control the seaport, the sea areas there, and go all the way down through Odessa. And right now, Mariupol is refusing to surrender. And the mayor there is saying that the catastrophe there is horrific. Again, as we're just learning, about 5,000 people, including, they say, 210 children just in that city alone. And just a little bit ago, President Biden talked about stepping up the sanctions against Vladimir Putin and, in fact, even called out, basically saying, we're now going to sanction his two daughters as well. Take a listen. Here's the president a little bit ago. There's nothing less happening than major war crimes. Responsible nations have to come together to hold these perpetrators accountable And together with our allies and our partners, we're going to keep raising the economic cost and ratchet up the pain for Putin and further increase Russia's economic isolation. Wow. So what is he going to do when you hear somebody saying that, oh, we're going to really ratchet things up? We're really going to amp things up. So as I just told you, he's talking about sanctions. So tonight I want to hear from you because I'm just disgusted with our president that he has only really been talking about sanctions, still sanctions. I'm thinking, you didn't sanction Putin's kids? 
You didn't do that like a couple months ago? I mean, what the heck are you waiting for? Like he made it sound like it's some huge announcement. Oh, guess what? We're going to go after two of his daughters. You know, I mean, wouldn't that be like sanction 101? And why is he still holding back on a number of other sanctions? He is sanctioning a couple different banks, but a lot of people are saying, we talked about doing that early on. They were stunned that he hadn't done it yet because he came down saying, oh, we're going to be doing these sweeping sanctions. We're going to be doing a series of things. What the heck is he waiting for? And there are reports that they are sending about 100 switchblade drones. I talked about this last night on the show. I know David Petraeus, who we've had here on the show, has said there should be thousands upon thousands of those drones sent tomorrow. Why are you just sending 100 drones? They're suicide drones, basically, that go in and they shoot uh, tanks down. They kind of go in. They explode on contact. They can be very lethal. They're terrifically, from from a military perspective, effective. Um, You know, obviously, no manpower. How great is that? No boots on the ground, not even Ukrainian boots. It's a it's an unmanned aerial drone. I mean, how great is that? Why would you not send thousands of those? And why didn't you do it months ago? To me, this is abominable. And it is shameful that this president today makes it sound like, oh, it's some big announcement. And he's basically doing piecemeal, tiny little military parts, still not giving them the real hardware that they want to really take the fight to the Russians. The Ukrainians have shown that they can fight. They have shown that they are tenacious, that they are determined, that they have the will. They've already had unbelievable victories. Why did you help them some more, Mr. President? What the heck is wrong with you? What are you waiting for? Are you waiting for more Mariupols? Are you waiting for more Buchas? Are you waiting for more of these images? This is your response. This is what you call a heavy response is basically saying, oh, we're going to sanction his two daughters. I'm really sticking it to him that way. Are you kidding me? Tonight, Vladimir Zelensky is begging. He is begging the world and saying, please, please send me all your military hardware because there's a narrow window. Any military strategist knows that right now there is just a few weeks window when the Russians are regrouping, planning reinforcements, planning the next phase, planning their next form of attack. And you're not going to hurry up and ASAP get all the military hardware in right now. Why do you think this president is just piecemealing everything? And why is he afraid of Vladimir Putin? So tonight... We're going to talk about that, and I want to hear your thoughts if you were as shocked and as disappointed with this president, because we're America. We're supposed to be leading the world. We're supposed to be leading the charge for freedom for the world. What is our president doing? Why is he tiptoeing and giving just a little bit here, a little bit there? We're going to do more sanctions. Do you think Vladimir Putin is saying, gosh, What's really going to stop Russia on the attack right now are the two sanctions against Vladimir Putin's daughter. Are you kidding me? This is a joke. And I feel this president has been such an unbelievable disappointment. And those people are being slaughtered in Ukraine. And this president, the best he can do is sanction the two daughters and do it, you know, 40 plus days later. What, he just wake up from a nap? 1-800-848-9222 is the number to call. 1-800-848-9222. Are you as disgusted and as disappointed as I am with this president and his lackluster attempts 
at trying to pretend like he is protecting the Ukrainian people. He is slow walking this war and he is dragging it out. Why wouldn't he say, let's give him this, let's give him the MiGs, let's give him X, let's give him that? He talked about how horrified he was. He also talked about how it's war crimes, how this is just, he's a butcher. What more do you need, Mr. President? The guy's a butcher, he's committing war crimes, he's going to keep doing it until you stop him. So what the heck are you waiting for? And the best you can do is just sanction his two daughters. To me, that is disgusting and it is shameful and it is not the American way. The American way is to go in and fight to win. And we have an opportunity to do that, we and NATO, for Ukraine and for the world. What the heck are we waiting for, Mr. President? This is shameful. And by the way, coming up, everybody, in just about 20 minutes, we're going to be talking to General Jack Keane, great Fox News strategic analyst. You see him all the time, of course, the former vice chairman uh, of the military, also a really storied retired general, four-star, and get his take on what he thinks is really happening. Is he seeing the same thing that I'm seeing? Is he seeing a president that seems scared of his own shadow? That's afraid to lead. That's afraid to have some guts and go in. Why are you waiting? How many more buchas? How many more Mariupols are you going to have, Mr. President? Get off your butt and deliver them the weapons and do it now. What are you waiting for? History's going to remember this moment, Joe Biden. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Here is conservative commentator Mark Thiessen, and this is what he had to say about Biden today. The president just had a press conference a week ago where he, an- he announced with great fanfare, we're sending 800 Stinger missiles to uh, more Stinger missiles to Ukraine. Zelensky has said, I need 500 a day. I need 500 javelins a day. Mm. I don't need 800. He, he uses that. He uses that capability up if it's even arrived in a day and a half. I mean, we, we're the, the, where are the MiG-29s? They're still on the tarmac in Warsaw. At least the Czech Republic has stepped up and is giving them tanks. We do not have a strategy to arm Ukraine for victory. And why do we not have a strategy to arm Ukraine for victory? I think we do, but I'm not sure if Joe Biden does. And Mark Thiessen seems to agree with that, too. Take a listen. Biden has been behind the curve at every point on this. He didn't arm them before the war because he didn't believe the Russians would ever do it. And so we didn't give them the, we could have sent the MiG-29s before the war began. After the war started, they thought the Ukrainians didn't have a chance. So they gave them some weapons to help them, but they didn't really uh, push them in. Now they've won the Battle of Kiev. We know that they can hold their territory and take back territory from the Russians. We should be flooding them with everything they're asking for. Zelensky just said the other day, who's running NATO, Russia? Why, why is it they have all these weapons sitting in warehouses and they, and they rather let them gather dust? So why is he doing this? What is going on, everybody? By the way, later on in the show, we're also going to talk about the latest in the Hunter Biden case because there's some explosive developments which may make you think a lot about possibly this president being compromised, certainly his family, when it comes to dealing with dictators. And we're also going to talk about skyrocketing crime in New York and other cities. And it seems that New York police chief Keyshawn Sewell is getting tough and saying she is fed up and realizes it's because of repeat offenders. So can they break the logjam to make big cities like New York and other cities around the country a heck of a lot safer? Because people are fleeing New York in droves. 
But for now, let's talk about Ukraine and the lackluster attempt of this president, which it seems that his strategy is not victory for Ukraine. It seems his strategy is something else. Here's a little bit more of Mark Thiessen describing what he thinks is really going on right now. Who's in charge of this? Why won't you give us the weapons? Zelensky is pleading with the world every day for the Kameens to defend his country and take it back. And we don't have a strategy for victory. We have a strategy for a stalemate. And we have a strategy to, to, to create a frozen conflict where Russia gets part of Ukraine. We can't have a frozen conflict. Every single Russian soldier yeah. should be driven from Ukraine's territory. And we need to give them the weapons to do that. How sad. And you know what? I agree with Mark that we have a strategy for a stalemate. That is a sad testament. We do not have a strategy to kick Russia out to stop these brutal atrocities. What more do you need? You've seen the pictures, Mr. President. You've seen them. And he still sounds like he's like half asleep when he's making a proclamation about some low-level sanctions that he should have done months ago. Boy, he is, you know, months late and many, many, uh, you know, equipment and many, many sanctions and many other things short. And boy, has he fallen short for the American public and the expectations of what America represents to the world. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Larry in Brooklyn, who's on line three. Larry, your thoughts. Okay, my thoughts are like this. I think that Biden is placing is placing all his bets on a wing and a prayer. The wing and a prayer is that Putin only wants Ukraine. But you heard today also that uh, from one of Putin's ex-men that that the next stop is Poland. Now, there would be a reason for that because, you see, Putin – Biden doesn't know where Putin is coming from. This guy is coming from a macho perspective. He's a black belt guy. Everything is machismo. With him, killing civilians is machismo because he has to take revenge. So the thing is, if Biden goes with with his tail between his legs, that only increases the chance that Putin is going to attack NATO. So it's inevitable. And he's being Putin's. I mean, Biden is being courted now. He has to stand up and be a man. It's you know what, never. Larry? I like your analogy because you're right. If right now Joe Biden acquiesces or America acquiesces, um, then you're right. It opens the door. It's already, I contend also, Larry, that we already opened the door by Biden's lackluster attempts beforehand because they were really nothing. He didn't do sanctions until after the fact. Then he couldn't keep it straight as to whether they were even supposed to be a deterrent or not a deterrent. Remember, they were all over the place on that. Um, So had he been a man, had he been a capable man or woman prior to and stood up to Putin even before the invasion when Putin was amassing all his troops, remember, at the border, he didn't do anything. So he should have acted like a a leader of the free world at that moment and said, don't you dare even come into this country. Don't even come in one inch or we'll, you know, send you back to the Stone Age, Vladimir Putin. He didn't do that. And he's still kind of slow walking it and slow walking it. And you're right. If he succeeds in Ukraine, he's basically going to continue. I mean, this guy is clearly brutal, no boundaries. He's ruthless. And this kind of a madman, Putin, is not going to stop. And I agree with you, Larry. And that, to me, is why we have to stop it, not just for Ukraine, but for the world. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Rita Cosby Show. It's the Rita Cosby Show. 
Ukraine is desperately asking for aid from America and other members of NATO. And, of course, they are waiting and waiting. There are a lot of promises from the NATO nations to send support into Ukraine. And so far, they're just getting piecemeal. They have not gotten the MiG jets. They have not gotten a lot of the very powerful military hardware that they need. But today, Joe Biden said, boy, he's being aggressive. And he's really making sure that corporate America sticks it to Russia. Take a listen. Corporate America is stepping up and change. From McDonald's to Exxon, they've left the Russian market on their own accord. 600 of them. Think about that. The private businesses choosing to leave Russia rather than risk being associated with Putin's brutal war. My answer is, how dare you? You have Ukraine that is being slaughtered, and he's focused on McDonald's. I I mean, are you kidding me? He's talking basically about a Big Mac, and Ukraine is talking about send us big military hardware. There's a little difference, Mr. President. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to the Rita Cosby Show. Let's go to Joe on line eight. Joe, your reaction, are you as disappointed in this president's response as I am? Absolutely. This president is a fool. And I want to thank you so much for your coverage, your clear, concise, and true coverage on this, because It's irrefutable, the slaughter of innocence that is occurring in Ukraine at the hands of that bloodthirsty, barbaric dictator Putin. And it's a clear good and evil, good versus evil. Nothing could be more black and white. And I'm I'm appalled that some so-called conservatives on our side and some of them on the overnight show there, and I I love Frank, but he's uh, giving air to some of these crazy, wild communist propaganda ideas. Well, Uh, Frank, Frank, by the way, and I'm going to defend Frank because I adore Frank. Frank always likes to have everybody on all sides and and I'll have all sides, too. But you guys know where I stand, you know, and and I, you know, I appreciate Frank always feels like he wants to have everybody. And and that's what the beauty of radio is having a town hall every night with all of you. So so I think, you know, Frank always has uh, great shows. And I think much of his intention is to make sure that everybody gets a say, which I think is wonderful. But but I but Frank. I but I don't I agree. Frank. I don't agree. When I you hear Joe, when I get somebody who even like tinges on being an apologist of Russia, you know, they get to basically breathe about five seconds and then I let into them. <laughs> there is no they don't get to six seconds with me, basically. Got you. I just wanted to. Yeah, I love Frank. And listen, his mentor was the greatest ever, Bob Grant. So, I, you know, I've talked to Frank before. I, his heart's in the right place. and you're, He wants to be fair to all sides. But what happens is these creeps come out of the woodwork and then other people listen to it. I had someone, you know, come up to me say, no, Russia's good. You know, I'm like, no, we have to stick together. Russia's not good. And there's, there's these wild conspiracies out there and it just airs, you know, and I know what he's trying to do. I, I didn't call to complain about him, but some of the callers on the overnight show just don't have it wrong. And I, I want to thank you for kind of educating people. It's clear clearly you know black and white to me the issue and uh you know as mr grant used to always say your influence counts use it right so what are we using it for we've got to use the influence to to direct in the correct way and uh uh, this is just uh this can't can't continue you know and i and i i agree with you and and joe you know joe to me there is no gray here I mean, I I am so passionate, um, you know, and and many of you know my background. My father was a freedom fighter in Poland, 
And my father was literally a teenager when he saw the planes hovering above. And his father said, oh, isn't it great that the Polish Air Force is doing exercises today? And my dad said, you know, the Polish Air Base is that direction. That base, that's the direction of Germany. And the next thing they knew, the Germans invaded my father's country. And my father um, nearly died for freedom many, many times, became a prisoner of war, and was rescued by American troops. And so that's why I love this country. And I also understand Eastern Europe. I understand what's happening in the world. And for me, you know, I know the history of Putin because we know the history with the Poles and also with, you know, with Russia, too. Uh, This is not Putin's first rodeo, if you will, Um, you know, throughout the world. We've seen what he's done in Syria. We've seen what he's done in Grozny. And evil must be stopped. I appreciate hearing all sides, as I know Frank does, too, which is what I love about him. Um, But I also I am so passionate that there is no gray here. This guy's got to get out and our president's got to step up. We're going to continue taking calls after the break. And also one of my favorite segments, Back the Blue. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night and sharing it with all of you, where we get to honor our great men and women in law enforcement, the 2021 Palm Beach, Florida Police Officer of the Year Award was just given out to Detective Gabriel Bandalotti, who is credited with saving two lives in two very powerful rescues. In both cases, he said, my police training kicked in. Police and rescue personnel worked together. Teamwork made the rescues very successful, said Bandalotti, who is a 13-year police veteran and also a native of New York City. Bandalotti, who's 52 years old, saved a choking baby boy at the beautiful Breakers Hotel in the first rescue that happened in March of last year. And then the other rescue was a husband and wife who almost drowned after being pulled out in an undertow. And that happened just a few months ago. The police chief there in Palm Beach, Florida, said to the officer, you are commended for your quick response and calmness in a very stressful situation. And your performance and training helped you save several lives. What a beautiful, beautiful story and talks about the importance and great heroism of our men and women in blue. Well, we are talking about the situation in Ukraine because now tonight some horrible and very grim numbers coming out that as many as maybe 5,000 people, 5,000 Ukrainians may have died, mostly all civilians in the town of Mariupol. This is not Bucha, which we already saw those images of those bodies scattered around the road. This is another town, and this is much more further east in Mariupol, which is just getting pounded uh, consistently, and it has been from the very beginning, by Russia. And now Russian warships are just sending missiles left and right, pounding that city, and much of it is in rubble. They said about 5% of the city is standing. Can you imagine? It is basically a huge pile of rubble. And what does our president do? Well, today he came out and he basically just called for sanctions. 
And coming up in just about two or three minutes, we're going to be talking to General Jack Keen, the great military strategist. You see him, of course, on Fox News all the time, retired four-star general. I can't wait to get his take as to what he thinks of Biden's, in my feeling, very lackluster, dismal, pathetic, disappointing results. I don't see the leadership from our country, and that saddens me, and it really saddens me for the people of Ukraine. I am not hearing this president saying, we have to win. Where is he? Why isn't he shouting to the rooftop, Ukraine must win? He keeps bragging about, well, they've kept Putin off. They've kept him off to the distance. They've pushed him back. What does that have to do? What about making Ukraine win and making it win right now? This is a moment. Throw everything at them and help them. Well, this is what Senator Tom Cotton, Republican, had to say. Better late than never, but gosh, it sure is late. The president celebrated the sanctions that we're putting on Russia's largest bank. We've been urging him to impose those sanctions since this war started seven weeks ago. And not just Republicans either. Democrats have been urging him. I've personally been in close settings where Democratic senators have urged the administration to sanction that bank. Why has it taken seven weeks? In fact, why are there any new sanctions to announce at all on Russia? And Senator Tom Cotton says, why are we piecemealing, slow walking military aid? And again, I'm not talking about boots on the ground. I'm not talking about that. I am saying give them all the hardware that they can do. And I'm talking military might. I'm saying like tanks. Let's give them the MiGs coming through Poland. Poland offered it. Other countries have them too. Why are we not pushing that? Why are we withholding the hardware that really is going to turn this war around? Do we want it to stay in a stalemate? To me, this is ridiculous. Here's a little bit more from Senator Tom Cotton. We should have thrown the kitchen sink at Russia and imposed every sanction we could weeks ago. Likewise, with the delivery of arms, again, it's better late than never, but it's consistently been late. The administration has consistently been behind the power curve, both in deploying the arms late last fall when Russia's buildup and intentions were clear, and since the invasion occurred. We're still not doing enough to get Ukraine every weapon system they need and get it fast enough. And we are still imposing limitations on what Ukraine can do on its own territory. And joining us now to talk about all of this is General Jack Keane. He is the chairman of the Institute for the Study of War and Fox News senior strategic analyst. General, where do you think things are headed in Ukraine? And especially as we've just heard even today from the president, more sanctions, um, some military, but it still seems slow going. Yeah, I think uh, where we're heading certainly is the Russians have given up the idea of being able to take the capital city and topple the government. They've moved uh, all of their forces uh, that were surrounding the capital city. They have, they have gone. They've returned to Belarus. Uh, the same thing with Chernihiv, which is another major city in the north. Uh, the forces that were there have also returned to Russia. Uh, in Zumi, they pulled away from that, and some of those forces are heading to, towards the south to reinforce in the south. But most of the, the forces around the capital city, um, because they were so badly damaged, uh, Rita, and, and some of them combat effective, ineffective, because they don't have equipment, they don't have uh, all their people, and some of the people they do have are not psychologically, emotionally uh, capable of fighting, they need to be reconstituted, and, and that will take some weeks. Um, meanwhile, 
the Ukrainian forces that have been fighting them in those areas uh, are in better shape. Uh, so I think what the Ukrainians are going to do, uh, as the Russians are consolidating their efforts in the south and east, uh, what they want to want to achieve there, uh, Rita, is is uh, deny Ukraine the coastline and make it a landlocked country, and that would have economic devastation on Ukraine, who so much relies on exporting its uh, agricultural products and other natural resources. You know, through those ports, that is what Russia is trying strategically to achieve. However, and the good news is they're struggling with it. They've been fighting the in the Donbass region for a couple of weeks, trying to penetrate the Ukrainian lines. They haven't been able to do it, and some of the reinforcements that were brought in to help them do it uh, failed as well and uh, got sent back to Russia because uh, they they became combat refusals after a few days of fighting. So what what is happening here? is the Ukraine military does have an opportunity, and, and particularly given the horror of what we've seen of these atrocities and war crimes, and to intensify their efforts and conduct offensive operations to attempt to drive the Russians out of the country. That is what Zelensky and his generals want to do. Um, but they're frustrated because they need advanced weapon systems to, to go on the offensive. They need tanks, armored vehicles, uh, MiG fighters to support those ground attacks, air defense systems to protect uh, the MiG fighters and, and some artillery. Some of that is coming. Uh, the United States is trying to get some get them some tanks out of Poland, uh, but they still do not have uh, any combat aircraft, additional combat aircraft in the MiGs. They don't have any additional air defense systems. So there's a level of frustration that while Zelensky and his generals see a huge opportunity here, an opportunity to crush the Russian army, which, by the way, is in NATO's interest. Uh, NATO's concerned that Russia could possibly, after a victory in Ukraine, move on one of the NATO countries. Well, if Zelensky and his generals crush the Russian army in Ukraine, what better deterrence is there for NATO? It would take several years for the Russian military to recover from uh, such a defeat. It's so fortunate that uh, the NATO countries, while they're giving him assistance, they're not they're not all in, uh, and neither is the United States, and 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 that is uh, that that's that's frustrating. I, I personally think where the United States on this is um, unstated policy uh, is, is is certainly to assist Ukraine, but don't provoke Russia and end the war as quickly as possible, even if that deal is unfavorable to the Ukrainians. Because they want to end the war, get back on their political domestic agenda here uh, in the United States is kind of where their mindset is. That's not where Zelensky is. Absolutely. And General Jackine, what a sad um, statement um, that you're saying, because the goal should be to win. So Ukraine can yeah. win. So Russia gets pushed back. And just as you said, so it's a win, not just for Ukraine, but for NATO and for the world. Do you feel that clearly there's politics playing here? Well, it's politics and also fear. I mean, I believe the Biden administration from the very outset prior to the invasion always feared provoking Putin because of the adverse consequences that could come from that. And I think that that fear is palpable and it operates in in the White House. And it's one of the reasons 
why uh, Zelensky and his army is handicapped to a certain degree. I want to ask you, because tomorrow uh, the U.N. is supposed to be voting on whether to keep Russia sort of in, in the Security Council, um, a number of these things. Zelensky was pleading this week, as you know, General Jackin, saying, you know, why do you basically exist if Russia is still on the Security Council? Is there anything you think that the U.N. can do or do you think it's just basically been deemed irrelevant? I think the U.N. by and large is irrelevant. I don't I don't see them doing much of anything that's consequential. They may be able to get a vote to get them off the Human Rights Council, which in of itself is, is hard to imagine why they're on the Human Rights Council. But then again, so is Iran, so is China, and so is Brazil. Uh, so, I mean, it... it these things, uh, why the U.N. would put people on a human rights council, uh, nations that clearly are, are violating human rights every single day, is, is hard to fathom. I, I think it lacks utility. And I don't think Zelensky really has much hope that they're going to do anything consequential that's going to help him. What about the dribs and drabs of military that's been coming? Because even we heard today, just a few hours ago, President Biden was saying, Jack Keen, that um, we're going to do some more sanctions. And it included sanctions on Putin's kids. My first reaction was, you haven't done that yet? You know, I mean, why didn't he throw out the kitchen sink even before the invasion? But if not before, at the very beginning, it's like he's still sort of just, you know, giving some javelins. Um, you know, well, that's not- been their pattern of behavior, you know, dealing with the whole provocation before. When 70,000 troops showed up on the Ukraine border in March, 60 days into the Biden administration, uh, and I admit, you know, they had they were focused on Afghanistan. But what did they do? A Trump shipment of weapons was supposed to leave in March, having been planned and scheduled by the previous administration. And Biden and his team delayed it because they stated publicly they didn't want to provoke Putin into conducting an invasion. And they delayed it until the summer. And then after the Afghanistan fiasco, and in the fall, 150,000 troops are now on the Ukraine border. And another shipment was supposed to go in the fall, and they delayed it again for the same reason. They didn't want to provoke Putin into an invasion. I think Putin has been inside the head of the president and his team from the outset. And I think they fear him in terms of his potential for escalation, waving uh, the potential use of WMD in front of them. And as a result of that, that is why Zelensky doesn't get all the help that he really needs. Wow, what a sad testament. General Jack Keane, Fox News Senior Strategic Analyst, thank you so much for being here on the show and your perspective. Sure, thank you very much. Always good talking to you, reader, and your audience. Great to hear his thoughts of why he thinks Biden is slow walking this. Basically, he feels that Biden is afraid of Putin winning. Boy, that's not the way to fight this war. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Henry on line two. Henry, your thoughts about all this. Uh, hi, Rita. Uh, I was listening the other day, and someone came on the phone. I think her name was Patty. And she said that uh, she thought Biden would end up in the ranks of the top U.S. presidents. Yes, she did. And I thought she was maybe drinking, but I guess she wasn't. Um, you know, uh, there are people 
very few if you look at the polls that say that. Um, but if you look at some of his latest, the latest polls, even Democrats and independents are disappointed with this president. I mean, he's got it's like a it's a 33 percent approval rating. That's dismal. So Patty is definitely in the minority. But uh, do you agree or disagree, Henry? Well, let, let me uh, uh, add this. Uh, all the people that take take part in the polls, uh, I don't think any of them have the uh, uh, access to the intelligence that's in the White House every day. And so what they're doing is reacting to headlines and statements like the ones you make that uh, uh, say, uh, uh, you know, Biden is a total uh, uh, disaster. Meanwhile, didn't he predict that uh, the uh, Russians would invade several days before? Oh, yeah, he did. And and to your point, Henry, he did nothing. Yeah, You hit it on the head. I'm glad you brought that up because well, they let, seem let to be on. And, and Henry, by the way, it's not just me. Did you hear General Jack Keene? General Jack Keene uh, was the vice chairman uh, there in the military in the Pentagon, one of the senior guys. He can't figure it out either, although he what he surmises is the reason is that this is not the way to fight a war. If you really want Ukraine to win, you give them everything. And exactly to your point, Henry, this president and the administration does seem to be pretty good on intel, exactly as you're suggesting. They knew he was amassing forces. They said he's probably going to do it. And they didn't do anything to stop it. And then he can't keep his, you know, his story straight as to whether sanctions are effective. He can't keep it straight as to whether we're sending troops into Ukraine or not. He can't keep his story straight as to whether he's a war criminal or not a war criminal. It's like depends on what day it is. He's trying to figure out what room he's in. And that puts us all in a very dangerous situation. That saddens me. I want America to win, Henry. I want him to do well. But right now... Uh, this is not an A-plus grade by any means. And unfortunately, Ukraine, I think, is sacrificing tremendously. I'll give you a few seconds to respond. Go ahead, Henry. Uh, you know, uh, you think everyone you talk to who agrees with you is right. No, I actually don't. I actually like to hear new ideas. But what you just shared with me is not new. It just reinforces why he's been a disaster on this one. And sadly, it mimics what he did in Afghanistan. Well, and and I think, not, you, you, do you think, intention but, do, but I, let me ask you, Henry, do you think Afghanistan was a home run? Uh, of course not. However, uh, I don't think anyone could have exited Afghanistan in, in less than a chaotic way. Now, our previous president. Wh- what about Henry? Hang on one second. What about the fact that he left over $80 billion worth of military hardware sitting there at the hands of the Taliban and also left the jails, didn't even tell our allies on the ground, basically just left them high and dry. Um, I actually do think there was a better way to execute that. And that actually comes from many, many Democrats who actually feel the same way. And the polls show it too. Democrats and independents feel tremendously disappointed. But Henry, thank you. I always appreciate calls and I like hearing from everybody. So Thank you, Henry, for calling. I hope you call back again. 1-800-848-9222. Do you agree with me or Henry? Henry seems to think Joe Biden is uh, either Thomas Jefferson, Lincoln, or George Washington. I will put him with Elmer Fudd. 1-800-848-9222.
It's the Rita Cosby Show. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Some of the numbers and statistics coming from Ukraine are just horrible and gruesome. And Zelensky is pleading with the world. And in fact, by the way, tomorrow, the U.N. is going to be voting whether or not to keep Russia on the Human Rights Council. Isn't that astounding? On the U.N. Human Rights Council, you have Iran, you have uh, Brazil, you have a number of other countries that you kind of go... Iran's on the Human Rights Council. China's on the Human Rights Council. Boy, what a joke is that. Russia is on the Human Rights Council. Is there even a question whether it should still exist on the Human Rights Council, on the U.N.? It shouldn't even be on the Security Council, period. Let's see if the U.N. finally gets a backbone and does something. And meantime, speaking of backbone, our president, while Zelensky is pleading and we're hearing stories of thousands of civilians killed in just one city, Mariupol, we, of course, saw those horrible images coming out of Bucha, out of Kiev. And what is our president doing? He's not saying send them every piece of military we can. Let's help them win. Let's stop these horrible war crimes. He's condemning the war crimes. He's saying this is horrible. He's sounding. He's talking a pretty good game. But then the next thing he also does is say, boy, I'm really going to stick it to him. I'm going to sanction Russian companies. Boy, that really looks like it's stopping Russian forces. Take a listen. This is what our president said a little bit ago that Henry thinks makes him George Washington. Take a listen. We're adding more critical state-owned enterprises to the list of fully blocked Russian companies. These companies are major revenue generators owned by Russian government, which Putin uses to fund himself and enable his war in Ukraine. Wow, that really sounds like he's sticking it to him. And he also announced sanctions for two of Putin's daughters. To me, this is shocking and to me abysmal. And he announced also several banks that a number of senators on both sides said, wait, 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 wait. We actually thought you had already sanctioned those banks at the beginning. You're just sanctioning them now? What What is he waiting for? Is he waiting for Ukraine to be wiped off the map? Is he waiting for Mariupol, that city that's being leveled, the same scene all over Ukraine, and then he's going to send in the MiGs when there's, like, nobody around even in Ukraine? I mean, this is just what are we waiting for? What more does it take, everybody? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Jimmy on line six. Jimmy, your thoughts about all this. What do you think? Hi, Monica. Thank you for all your hard work. Um, I just like to say I said to your caller. Jimmy, you're um, talking to Rita. What are you doing? What are you? Well, you're like you're oh, no, like I'm on some other planet. But go ahead, Jimmy. <laughs> oh my God, my apologies. Um, just to get this message, I know millions of people listen to this. The people that are close to Putin, I do not condone the killing of anyone, but the inner circle can get to him. You got to get rid of this guy any way you can because they're going to be held, you know, on war crimes. Let's scare these people in his inner circle that they're going to be just as guilty as him for aiding him in this nonsense and he has to be removed and then we could get back to some semblance of normalcy over there you know that's a great point jimmy that we should be going after everybody underneath him that we should be going after the generals we should be going after all the forces although there's reports 
that he's sending those guys who did the dirty work in Bucha, he's sending them to the front lines elsewhere, probably to get slaughtered so there's no witnesses. This guy's incredible. We're going to keep talking about it after the break. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Feisty, fearless and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Breaking news. Now, the latest on Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And at this hour, there are air raid sirens going off in a number of cities in Ukraine as more details are emerging about the amount of war crimes that the Ukrainian people say have happened in their country. First of all, in the town of Mariupol, as we've been mentioning, some stunning numbers saying that about 5,000 people, according to the mayor there, have been killed And, of course, that city continues to get pounded. They expect those numbers to go up exponentially from already 5,000 that they have been killed, that they believe are killed in that city alone. Also coming in that in terms of war crimes, that war crimes investigators and prosecutors from Ukraine have already been starting to gather evidence of war crimes committed by Russian troops. And the country's prosecutor general, we're just getting word in the last few minutes, Uh, that they are saying that they are, quote, determined to punish the monsters who are responsible for the atrocities in Ukraine, and that so far they have at least 4,500 alleged war crimes that they are investigating by Russian troops, committed by Russian troops, uh, saying that there are a number of cases where people have charred corpses, gunshot wounds to the head, hands bound, Uh, women raped, and some just horrible, horrible stories of what has been happening in that country. Also, meantime, we're also getting word that now, in a matter of hours, the U.N. is going to vote to push uh, potentially Russia and others uh, behind U.S., helping U.S., because Joe Biden needs help, to push Russia from the Human Rights Council on the U.N. Security Council. Now, Russia firing back in the last few minutes because, as many of us can't even believe they'd be on the Human Rights Council, that is like the biggest joke I've ever heard, um, that a country that is committing these horrible atrocities on women and children has invaded a free country, is on the Human Rights Council of the U.N. Still to this day, there should be no question about it, but they do have to vote on it. And now we are hearing that Russia is threatening countries that vote against them and try to kick them off the Human Rights Council. Russia has warned countries at the U.N. that a yes vote or an abstention where you just don't vote at all, but you don't vote in their favor uh, on a U.S. push to suspend Moscow from the Human Rights Council will be viewed as, quote, an unfriendly gesture. 
with consequences for bilateral ties. So Russia making threats to anyone or any country that decides to either abstain in the vote or kick them off the Human Rights Council of U.N. I mean, are we going to be giving in to fear every single thing that Russia says? We're just going to say, okay, well, we're just going to keep them on the Human Rights Council. What kind of U.N. is it if on the Human Rights Council they keep Russia? By the way, the Human Rights Council came out. Speaking of which, you want to know something about this Human Rights Council? The Human Rights Council actually came out and said that it would be investigating racism in America, that racism in America has been a pervasive issue, and that that is what they're looking into, as opposed to racism or problems like the Uyghurs. How about the murder and and what's happening to the Uyghurs and the encampments with the Uyghurs? They're not looking into that. They're looking into systematic racism in America because other countries called for that. And yet they're not even looking at these other countries. So far, they haven't even been looking into Russia. They haven't been looking into China. What the heck is the U.N. even existing for? And meantime, Tom Cotton is saying, what is happening with this administration? Because the U.N. doing nothing is basically par for the course with Joe Biden as well. Take a listen. This is how Republican Senator Tom Cotton describes the situation right now. And he says, we got to help the Ukrainians fast. Russia has announced that their main effort is now going to be in eastern Ukraine, an area called the Donbas. <laughs> the administration still thinks that Ukraine should not be allowed to strike Russian forces that were occupying their territory the day before this war started. That yeah. is the height of folly. You can't win a war on the defensive. You have to win it on the offensive. We have to encourage and aid Ukraine to go on offense to retake its own territory. Yet yeah, what the heck are we waiting for? I mean, I honestly don't know. And to me, it's stunning. So at the White House press briefing, Peter Ducey of Fox News, the White House correspondent, asked, circle back Jen Psaki, and here's what she had to say. Their goal remains uh, weakening Ukraine as much as possible. Um, And we should be under no illusion that that objective uh, hasn't changed, even as their uh, tactics have changed. So their objectives are the same. By Russia and by the U.S. So is the objective to slow walk this thing? This has been incredible. And in fact, just a few hours ago, when President Biden announced sanctions, and as I talked about, he announced sanctions on two of the daughters of Vladimir Putin, two of his adult daughters. But this is also stunning to me. He also announced punishment and sanctions on Russia's prime minister, Wouldn't you think he would have announced a sanction on Russia's prime minister, first of all, before the war began, as Henry, who eloquently called in the last hour, was saying they had intelligence that they were gearing up. So why were they not doing it preemptively? And even why, if you didn't do it preemptively, which I think this president should have done, why didn't you do it even in the first days of the war? We're just doing this today. We're just sanctioning Putin's adult daughters and we're sanctioning the Russian prime minister, his wife. Also, the children of the foreign minister, Sergei Lavrov, who you always see all the time, and members of Russia's Security Council, including the former president and the prime minister, another one. So, I mean, what the heck are they doing? What what is taking them so long? Why are they waiting on this? They've got the former president, the former prime minister, the current prime minister, Sergei Lavrov's family. I, I mean... 
a second grader could have said, these are the people that you should be sanctioning. They should have done it even before. And then also the president was bragging about, gosh, we're going after the oligarchs. We're going after all their money. We're going after all their yachts. We're doing this. So far, remember with all the fanfare about going after the yachts, which, by the way, as I think is a great idea, going after the oligarchs. He should have done that a long time ago, too. But they could, you know, that could be a windfall. Some of these yachts are like, they're amazing. Like one of these yachts that they got is 240 feet long. It's worth 120 million bucks. They got it in Spain with the cooperation of Spain and them. But they've only gotten one yacht after all this time. Do you think it's kind of, you know, hard to hide a 240 foot yacht, maybe with a Russian flag playing, you know, the Russian anthem? Do you know what I mean? I mean, Why? What is taking them so long? Why are we slow walking this? And shame on Joe Biden, because people are getting slaughtered. And today, this is all Biden could say after he announced his sanctions. He doesn't seem to think there's any quick end to this. And there isn't a quick end to this because he's not forcing an end to it. Take a listen. This fight is far from over. Here's the point. This war could continue for a long time. But the United States will continue to stand with Ukraine, the Ukrainian people, in the fight for freedom. Yeah, we'll stand, but we may not deliver the military goods that they need. And history, I think, is going to remember this, guys. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. By the way, later on, also in this hour, we're going to have my one of my favorite segments, Support Our Heroes, where we honor the great men and women in the military. And also, we're going to be talking about Hunter Biden because there's some new explosive details today in the case of Hunter Biden and more questions about what did Joe Biden know and when did he know it and what was his connection. There's a letter now signed by Joe Biden that interestingly connects a lot of dots. And we're going to talk a lot about that. And also, we're going to talk about rising crime across the country, including in New York, where I say bravo to the NYPD commissioner today, Keyshawn Sewell, the female commissioner. She came out and said it is repeat offenders. It is recidivism that is basically the bulk of rising crime in New York and across the country. So she is basically putting it at the feet of lawmakers. So our lawmakers in the Democratic Party finally going to step up and do the right thing. I can't wait to get your take on all of that. But for now, is Biden going to do the right thing by the Ukrainian people? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Kay, who's on line five. Go ahead, Kay. Your thoughts about this? Well, uh, my thoughts are that Biden wanted um, Putin to invade Ukraine because with the rising oil prices and the rising inflation, two, three days after the invasion of Ukraine, when people were asking, when reporters were asking him, why, what about the rising oil prices and the rising inflation? He said, oh, it's Ukraine's food. It, no, it's Putin's food. It's, blame Putin. Blame Putin. It's all Putin's food. So he needed a scapegoat as to his incompetence and in how he handled the um, – Inflation, how he caused the inflation by cutting off the spigots on our producing our own oil. So he welcomed this. You know, that's an interesting point. It's sort of like and I don't know if I would ever say that that a president would welcome war. But what I would say, Kay, is that he was very quick to say it's the Putin price hikes. Remember, he's been using that like 
But then if you look at the numbers, like like let's just talk even about like gas prices, gas prices were increasing in the fall because of his, you know, because of a lot of his economic policies and his green energy policies that's been killing the oil industry. But he wants us to kind of forget about everything. And like you said, everything is Putin's fault. It's it's the war that caused the price hikes. It's the war that caused this. It's the war that caused that. And yes, it contributed to it. But the problems were well before this. And you're right. He's kind of made the war a scapegoat for many of his own failed policies. Um, Kate, thank you very much. Let's go to Robert on line seven. Robert, your thoughts about this. Oh, yeah. Hi. Well, what I would say is that if weakness is provocative for a a guy like Putin attacking, well, then this uh, attack by Russia against Ukraine was provoked by Biden. And it's continuing to be provoked by Biden because of his uh, not willing to up the ante and and go over and past Putin in terms of being aggressive, in terms of prosecuting this war anyway. He's basically uh, surrendering Ukraine to uh, Russia. And the question is this also, uh, why would that be the case? Is there something sinister going on? In other words, does Russia have something over Biden? You know, they're always accusing Trump as being in just such a situation. Maybe it's maybe it, maybe they've got something over the Biden and Hunter and the rest of the gang. And he's slow walking it for some reason. I mean, it's it, he seems to be afraid to allow Putin, you know, to, you know, to lose. It seems, you know, he seems to want to kind of like just kind of drag this out. Um, and then as we just heard from General Jack Keane, that at some point, maybe he can come to some agreement. He's going to maybe pressure, try to pressure Zelensky, as Jack Keane's thought, into some deal that maybe Zelensky doesn't want, giving up part of his country, and then try to kind of move them away. So then then Biden can focus on sort of everything going on here and just doesn't want to deal with it and doesn't want to really antagonize Putin. And what he doesn't understand is that this is an evil leader. He uses the right language, calling him a butcher and a war criminal and all those things, which I, I think most of us, anybody with a logical head, would agree to that. Um, but he doesn't seem his actions don't consistently follow that, his actions. So for some reason, he'd like it to kind of be like, okay, well, sort of both sides sort of seem happy and walk away. And you, you can't make a dictator happy, you know. And if you're Ukraine, you don't want to give up part of your country. Ukraine shouldn't be pressured by Biden because he's too lazy to do the right thing. What do you think, Robert? Well, the, the, the only way to end this war is for Ukraine to put up stiff resistance and go on the attack. They've got to bloody Russia's nose. OK, until that happens, Russia is not going to back off and it's going to be not not uh, uh, it's going to be a surrender until the last Ukrainian. That's what it's going to be. Yeah, wow. But, you know, it is going to be a long sloth. And in fact, we even heard from um, Mark Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mark Milley, testified. You probably heard this, Robert, this week. And there he was before Congress. And he said that this could last years. He's not sure about decades, but he said it could last years. And the way that Biden's dragging this out, how is that an advantage for Ukraine? How is that an advantage for American taxpayer money? I mean, American money and use of might throw everything in now to do 110 percent now as opposed to 20 percent, 20 percent, 20 percent. Think about the the price tag on that. But if you do them right now and and you push them out, think about how great history would look. And if, if Biden really cares about his reputation, wouldn't you think that he goes down in history as the guy who pushed Putin out? 
who, who smacked Putin back. Think about what a great testament that would be for world history. But he doesn't seem to have a set of cojones whatsoever. 1-800-848-9222, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. When we come back, we're going to talk about this and also new developments in the Hunter Biden case with ties to Ukraine, China, and a whole bunch more. Ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. This is The Rita Cosby Show. Well, a lot of things could be driving the issues that are going on in Ukraine and Russia and all over the place. And now to add some new developments tied to the Hunter Biden case, we do know that there's a grand jury in Delaware that apparently is meeting and they have been interviewing former co-workers of Hunter Biden, wondering how he got millions upon millions of dollars being, quote, a consultant and flying, as we know, on Air Force Two when his dad went to China when he was vice president, also getting money from the former mayor of Moscow's wife, also the Ukrainian Burisma Energy Company. And now there's a new development that a letter was written. It's a college recommendation letter that was written by Joe Biden, then vice president, for the son of a Chinese business executive that's been entangled of all of this. This is one of Hunter's China's business partners. And an email is revealing that in 2014, President Biden, then vice president, uh, wrote a letter. Um, and, of course, at that point, he had been, you know, vice president, wrote a letter, a recommendation letter for the son of a Chinese executive who did business with Hunter Biden. And what does this mean? Well, it's interesting because he has always consistently said he doesn't know any of his son's business dealings. He didn't think he did anything wrong. He's never met any of his son's business partners. He doesn't know them. Of course, we've seen evidence that he was in the golf picture with a number of the business partners that he worked with. Then there's all these texts that came out from Tony Bobolinsky saying X amount for the big guy. A lot of these questions are coming out. And now it looks like He personally signed a letter recommending him for a high-profile American college for Brown University, it looks like. Um, And it's the son of this business executive who was very much entangled with Hunter Biden. So did he meet these people? Did he know what his son was doing? And where is this going as the grand jury is looking into Hunter Biden? I want to hear your thoughts. If there's anything to connect here as we're talking about the Hunter Biden business deals. And we know for a fact now the New York Times is covering it. Now also the Washington Post is covering it as well. And at least a number of other media are not blocking it out finally. They seem to be on the tail. And that means that ultimately this president is going to have to answer some questions. I mean, he keeps saying he doesn't know anything about it. The White House keeps saying they don't know anything about it. Uh, But how long can they dodge and turn now that New York Times and Washington Post and a number of other media are finally covering it after such a long blackout, especially the one right before the last election. Well, here is Senator Lindsey Graham asking some questions about these entanglements. Take a listen. 
How did you make all this money off the vice presidency? I mean, clearly, to be on the Burisma board, if you're in charge of rooting out corruption in Ukraine, as uh, the vice president was, and you didn't know your own son was on the most corrupt gas company in the whole country, that makes very little sense to me. So, really, I'm, I'm not—I want somebody to ask the questions— of the Biden family that were asked of the Trump family. What were your deals in Russia to the Trump family? I want the same level of scrutiny. And if you believe this laptop is accurate and true, there's a treasure trove of conflict of interest in that laptop. Yeah. And remember, Hunter first couldn't remember because he was so high on cocaine that he couldn't even remember if it was a laptop or not the laptop. I mean, that guy is all over the place. And you're going to be paying that guy millions upon millions of dollars when it doesn't look like he had any level of expertise in any shape or form. Well, here's the question that Lindsey Graham is asking everybody right now, because where do the dots lead? This is the question everybody wants to know. Number one, you got a uh, investigation by the Delaware U.S. attorney. He seems to be a uh, up and up guy. But what shocks me is you think that nobody will figure out who the big guy is. <laughs> it says all you need to know about the Biden administration. Wow. So is Joe Biden the big guy? And remember, one of those memos says 10 percent off for the big guy. When we come back, we're going to take your calls. What does it say to you that now there is a letter? It's something in writing that Joe Biden signed to this Chinese business executive who was doing business with Hunter Biden. And he wrote a letter recommending his son for college. Is he vouching? Does he not know anything after all? Come on. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment where we honor the great men and women in the military A beautiful tribute coming from Gage County, Nebraska, where they honored veterans yesterday and one special one who served his country during wartime. Don Junker enlisted in the U.S. Army in the fall of 1965. He served until 1967 at the rank of corporal, and he served in Vietnam, and during his service, He earned six medals. He remembers traveling to Rock Island Railroad Station from Fairbury to Omaha, Nebraska to enlist. And then it was on to Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri, Fort Sill in Oklahoma and Fort Irwin in California. And he said that he was so glad to come home from Vietnam because a lot of his comrades did not make it home. Junker has been active with the local American Legion and VFW posts and is with the Legion's Honor Guard. So it's so beautiful to see that they are recognizing his service when he was in the military and everything he is doing now for veterans afterwards as well. And to all of you Vietnam veterans out there, you know I love you all. 
welcome home. Um, you know, I spoke years and years ago, um, and I remember speaking at an American Legion event. And I looked out in the crowd, everybody, and there was a sea of Vietnam veterans. And I said to them, I wish I had been a journalist. I wish I had been a broadcaster during Vietnam. I would have been hugging you all and cheering you all when you came home from the airports and you came home to your country and to all your cities and your homes. And I just want to make you know that we appreciate you. We love you. And thank you so much for your service and for your family service. And again, Welcome home, you great, great Vietnam veterans. Thank you for your service to this country. Meantime, we are talking about Hunter Biden. And we're talking about a lot of questions now because his dad, who says he doesn't know any of Hunter's business partners because Hunter made big bucks, remember? We're talking millions upon millions of dollars. And this guy, by his own admission, as a guy who did way too much crack and porn and everything else, everything that your mother said to stay away from, Hunter Budden was enjoying it times 10. This guy was just living the high life, and yet somehow he was getting paid millions of dollars from countries that were probably trying to get dirt on America and America's leadership. And so that's why it's a big question. And now many people are reporting the fact that there is a grand jury In Delaware, according to lots of these reports that are interviewing and questioning Hunter Biden's business partners, they're asking, you know, what did you know? Who is the big guy in some of these emails? Where does all this lead? Was there something illegal? He's being looked into tax issues. They're also looking into lobbying issues. What was his role? Were they trying to buy favors? It sure doesn't look good. And this is what Miranda Devine of the New York Post, who broke this story, remember, a long time ago when nobody else in the media was covering it, this is what she had to say about the current state of affairs. I think there is a concern among Democrat circles that this is actually more serious than they thought it was. Hunter Biden's being investigated for potential tax evasion and money laundering and violating um, you know, foreign lobbying laws. So uh, these are criminal offences, uh, and if proven, they will uh, lead to the president. And she says that the White House is trying to block Joe Biden from being asked questions or being focused on this issue. You think he's got a lot on his plate? Boy, he can't even keep anything else straight. Why could he keep this story straight? Take a listen. The White House is, is, I guess, successfully at the moment trying to wall off Joe Biden from any of the stink from his son and, and his brother's uh, influence peddling scheme. But, you know, he, he was the object that they were selling. He was participating by meeting multiple business partners all over the world. That Jonathan Lee that he gave the Brown University uh, letter to um, was the same business partner that he went and shook the hand of when he took hunter to beijing on air force two back in 2013 uh, just before that business deal came to fruition ah isn't that interesting it's the same business partner that hunter biden was flying on air force two taxpayers expense doing a business deal with and then surprise surprise joe biden writes a letter to this prestigious college for that guy's son and yet he claims that he has no idea of his son's business deals do you want to believe that a son was on a flight, Air Force Two, again, taxpayers' expense, going over to China, and they never said, hey, son, why do you happen to be on the plane, you know, coming to China? 
and then the son comes back and he doesn't say anything about any business deals. And then he doesn't wonder why he's writing a letter for the guy's son to Brown University, who what he's never met, has no idea who he is. You just have to make a lot of leaps here to believe Joe Biden. And take a listen. This is Dick Morris, political consultant, who said this earlier today. Take a listen. The information they're unearthing is very damning. Uh, Hunter Biden got almost a million dollars in fees from the Chinese Communist Party. And uh, there's an email where he, uh, where the head of Burisma, the Burisma company, the energy company in Ukraine, thanks Hunter for arranging the meeting with his father, which is something Biden has denied ever happened. It's very possible that Hunter gets indicted. And, uh, and I think but if they wow. indict him, they're going to indict him for a tax evasion or something. Don't you think that, Dick? Well, yeah, but they also could go after him for failure to register as a foreign agent. Wow. Can you imagine if an indictment should come? If the grand jury does that, then it could potentially go to trial. And who knows where this will lead, everybody? 1-800-848-9222. one 848 Let's go to Stan. Uh, and Forest Hills on line one. Stan, your thoughts about all this? Tell me something. Is it illegal to do business with the Chinese government? Because if it is, everybody in the last 20 years have been doing business with the Chi- What is this? Chinese communists. They've been that way for 40 years. We've always done business with them. And all of a sudden, it's illegal. Now, if he did something wrong, prove it. But what is this line of garbage and crap that... Uh, you can't do business with the Chinese communists. What a phony. People have been doing business in China with the government and many of their divisions for year 20, 30 years. Not All just, right. So, Stan, let I me mean, ask you. Hang on. Stan, garbage. Yeah. I, and I'm glad that you're bringing up the garbage because let's talk about the fact that this was somebody who's in the White House and his son is flying on Air Force Two over to China. And we want to believe this is what Joe Biden said, which is why it's really kind of fishy, Stan. You want to believe that he had no idea why his son was on the flight to Air Force Two, what he just happened to be on there cleaning the toilets? Is that what you want us to believe? He just happened to be popping on. And then he does a business deal that's millions upon millions of dollars. And the father, for some reason, every time when he gets asked, did you ever meet any of these business associates of your son? Oh, I never met any of them. And yet there's pictures of him with the business partners on the golf course. Now we know he wrote a son, uh, wrote this, you know, wrote a letter for the son of one of these business partners. I mean, why is he not telling the American public all the details that makes you fishy, Stan? And let and let me just ask you, do you think Hunter Biden is a qualified individual. Do you think that this is like the sharpest cog in the wheel? This guy couldn't even tell the difference between Parmesan and crack cocaine, remember, by his own admission. I want to play this, Dan, and you tell me if you think this guy's worth more than five bucks, let alone millions of dollars. Take a listen. I spent more time on my hands and knees picking through rugs, um, smoking anything that even remotely resembled crack cocaine. I probably smoke more Parmesan cheese than anyone, <laughs> anyone that you know, I'm sure, Tracy. <laughs> because there'd be crumbs yeah. mixed in and yeah. you just... It, yeah. I mean, I went one time for 13 days without sleeping and smoking crack and drinking vodka exclusively throughout that entire time. Boy, that sounds like someone that really is a sharp cog that's worth millions upon millions of dollars. And you 
want us to believe that, oh, there's nothing to do with it. Imagine, Stan, if the last name was Trump, you would be all over this. Listen, listen. You know, you like to put words in people's mouths. No, I, I, I like to. I no, like let to, me finish. I like to repeat your own words. You no, called no, I Stan, didn't say, I Stan, said you called you me. You called me. Go okay, ahead. Yeah, well, let me finish. If I called you, let me talk. Here's the point. If there's something they've got on them, prove it. That's all I'm saying. But don't tell me you can't do business with China, uh, the Chinese communists. If there's something illegal, prove it. That's all. I'm not saying if he's guilty of something, prove it. And if you say you got something on Joseph Biden, prove it. That's all I'm. I didn't say. Hey, look, the guy's a schmuck with the drugs. I'm not. This is. I'm arguing. But don't give me this phony, hypocritical garbage that uh, they're dealing with the Chinese communists when everybody deals in China. But Every not everybody you know is the son of the vice president of the United States. And by your own account, you just said the guy is, is a nut job who's, all, who's obviously high on crack half the time by his own admission um, and, and definitely someone who could be compromised and blackmailed between the prostitutes and the and, you know, it's like everything. I use the expression and Stan, you're a, you're a smart guy. You're a good guy. I always love when you call in. Um, but the reality is, you know, I got a bridge to sell you in Brooklyn if you believe that Joe Biden never met the business partners, doesn't know anything about it. What what all these pictures are like people are photoshopped in. He didn't write the letter. He apparently clearly did write the letter. And for some reason, he's still maintaining that he's never met these people. That's the problem. His story belies just common sense. And it deserves some answers. We'll see where it goes. But this crackhead doesn't seem like he should be paid let alone five cents, let alone millions upon millions of dollars. And that could compromise when it is the president of the United States. People are allowed to do business with whoever they want to. And that's a fair point. But you're not allowed when you are president or vice president of the United States or in a position where another country who is an adversary of ours could potentially blackmail you or have information on you or your family or somebody. You should at least be cautious because the perception is not good. And there is a higher standard for those individuals. And for some reason, Joe Biden wants us to think never met these people. And that to me is, I think. I, it seems disingenuous. It just doesn't seem right, Stan. And you seem like a smart guy. D- d- what the sun just happens to be in all these places. Biden happens to be in all these pictures. But it's like Sergeant Schultz. I know nothing. I know nothing. Uh, what? I'll give you the last word, Stan. Okay, I've said this, and I'll say it again. If there's something that they have, prove it. The other thing is this: if you're saying that the president has been blackmailed, they say he's being blackmailed. I'm saying uh, they by, could be. I'm Ukraine, saying they could which be. Which is a lot of garbage. I'm not I saying mean, that, nothing, Stan. Nothing been proven. Stan, I didn't say that. I just said when you when you have when you have a son who clearly has a lot of issues by his own admission. I'm not making it up. We just heard he couldn't separate well, crack agree. cocaine yeah, well, from Parmesan. Sure. You're in a position where they may have something. He loves his son. That that just it, it's it's a formula. For danger, and that is not a good situation. No matter who, I don't know what country or which or wherever, but you got to be careful. When your father is the vice president, you shouldn't be in compromising positions. You shouldn't be taking money from people. You wonder what their objective is and what your objective is. And he wants us to believe that he doesn't know anything about it, you know. And and Hunter can't remember it because he's in a drug fog or a brain fog. Um, all he can figure out is it's Parmesan cheese or crack cocaine. He's trying to figure out which is which. He's spending too much time on that. 
uh, while he's being uh, Picasso, too, with his artwork. I mean, it just opens the door to graft, and that's why it's a dangerous place. It's a, and we'll see where it goes, but it's a dangerous place. Stan, I love you. Thank you for the call. Um, let's go to Joe on Line 8. Go ahead, Joe. You're here on the Rita Cosby Show. Go ahead. Hey, Rita, how you doing? Why don't they just um, trace back all the money from uh, Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, and China and all of that? Why don't they get all the bank accounts, get everything, trace all the money? How did Joe get all these millions and millions of dollars? How did his son get all these millions of dollars? Who paid taxes? Who didn't pay taxes? Why don't they trace all of that? I mean, it's really not that complicated. And that's why they're looking. Remember, they're looking at the tax issues with the son as one of the issues. Also, was he a registered lobbyist? I mean, they're looking at different avenues, talking to those people and finding out what kind of money came in. What were the services that were done for that money? Was there any quid pro quo um, just to open the door? And the fact that the mainstream media is covering it, Joe, um, I think that this does not look good, no matter where it goes. The fact that the grand jury is investigating calling in former business associates, I mean, it may end up as a tax issue. It may end up potentially as a lobbying issue uh, and may go a lot further. Um, And there seems to be people who are saying that it could potentially go a lot further. Just it does not look good. The optics, you have a higher standard again. You know, Joe Biden isn't just some Joe Blow, you know. I mean, he is a, you know, he's a a seasoned politician and he should also know uh, what his son is doing if he's on a flight and suddenly gets X deals. And then if you see these things that say 10 percent for the big guy, Again, we'll find out if those dots are Joe Biden. We don't know where they're going to go. But if it goes there, boy, is that going to be explosive. Um, Let's go to David in Pennsylvania on line seven real quick. Dave, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. Thanks for taking my call. I think that the fact that the media is starting to cover this is indicative that maybe they're trying to prepare to get remove Joe Biden out of contention of running for president. And that, um, Bill, if the, if the political heat gets hot enough, he'll gracefully resign or not seek re-election. And they'll make – and Time Magazine will give him man of the year for you know, doing that and you know, putting the country first. And so I, I wonder I – mean, I Oh, that's interesting. So, Dave, you, Dave, do you think tied to Hunter Biden or tied to other things? I, I think what will happen with Hunter Biden, they'll drag it out so they won't point – they won't they'll, They'll make Hunter Biden the scapegoat for a while, and then eventually, as it's getting closer to, to the president, they'll you know they'll start to you know the the media and the and the swamp will hold this up enough to allow him to either resign or not, or not seek reelection, and they'll bring in another candidate to kind of reset and you know create a clean slate to dissociate the Democratic Party from all the failed policies and and, and create the illusion something's new, and and then they'll do that to try to retain some of the. Democratic voters that are on the fence because many may be on the fence because of the failed policies. But now we'll have something to hope and believe in, something anew. Oh, that's interesting. uh, David, that's really interesting. And speaking of which, you talk about some of the policies. The big issue a lot of people are talking about, obviously, on top of all the things we're talking about here tonight, is rising crime rates. And I want to play a clip and get your reaction after the break, everybody, as we wrap up the show tonight. Um, I want to get your thoughts This is the New York City Police Commissioner, Keyshawn Sewell, today, who I love this. She came out and said what we all know, that repeat offenders are the bulk of problems in major cities across America, including New York. Take a listen. It's clear what we are confronting. 
a perception among criminals that there are no consequences, even for serious crime. We need tangible changes with a balanced system that puts victims first. And a system that puts victims first. So can they have influence on Democratic politicians? It's an election year. So will Democratic politicians, even if they don't want to soften up and in their mind on bail reform and issues where we think it means toughening up and treating criminals the way they should be treated, lock them up, and also those with serious crimes pay the price, especially these repeat offenders, will Democrats finally turn the corner with the help of people like NYPD Commissioner Keyshawn Sewell. I'm glad she said repeat offenders are responsible for most of the crime happening in New York and elsewhere. What are your thoughts, everybody? And do you think New York state politicians will finally get a grip and others around the country? 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. It's the Rita Cosby Show. Listening to the Rita Cosby Show. Well, some stunning numbers coming out of New York City from the New York City Police Department. No surprise, crime is up year to date, and overall crime is up 36%. Robbery, 48%. Shooting incidents, 16%. And there have been some really horrible cases of late with children being shot. And here is the New York City Police Commissioner, Keyshawn Sewell describing some of the latest cases in New York. Any amount of crime and disorder is unacceptable, but we've experienced some, tra- some, excuse me, some crimes that have recently stood out. Cade Lewin was shot and killed Thursday night in Brooklyn, an innocent victim, just 12 years old. Before Cade, a three-year-old was shot in the sh- shoulder while leaving a Brooklyn daycare center with her father last month. A seven-year-old was grazed by a bullet one week prior. And in January, a baby just two days shy of her first birthday was struck in the face and seriously wounded by a bullet in the Bronx. So as New York politicians are juggling the budget and trying to figure out what they're going to do with bail reform and crazy Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg, who seems to think, We should be light on criminals and make me help them as opposed to, I think, focus on the victims. He seems to be par for the course, along with George Gascone in L.A. and the guy in Philly and San Fran. Well, in the middle of all this, I'm happy that the New York City Police Commissioner today, Keyshawn Sewell, called them out, basically, and basically said, listen, here is the focus. We need to focus on these recidivists, these people who do it over and over again and this revolving door. Take a listen. It's clear what we are confronting, a perception among criminals that there are no consequences, even for serious crime. We need tangible changes 
with a balanced system that puts victims first. So have we lost our priorities? And do you think the pleas of police commissioners, she's an African-American woman. Here she is, the first one uh, who's the New York City police commissioner. And I love her. I think she's a fighter. She is spirited. Can she have an influence on the New York legislature? And can police commissioners like her across the country that are just trying to do the right thing, they're arresting people, and then they're seeing them back out on the streets? Will that have an influence on the politicians? one 800 848 9222. And you're listening to the Rita Cosby Show. Let's go to Kevin on line seven. Kevin, your thoughts about this? Hey, Rita, it's always great to talk with you. I uh, retired from PD over 17 years ago, back when New York City was the garden spot of the world. Now, forget about it. It's, it's going on, as you can see, and everyone knows this is going on all over the country and all of the blue cities. The cops can arrest a thousand people a week, but if they Go through that revolving door, they're back out on the street. It, 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 this, this will not change. It doesn't seem like there's going to be any sort of distinctive change uh, in, in the near future. You, don't, you these- don't think when you have like a police commissioner who is pleading, and obviously Eric Adams is trying to make a difference too, and this is happening in a lot of big cities across the country, you think it's going to – it seems, by the way, that the New York governor – is sort of trying to change it a little bit. I think she needs to go a heck of a lot further, and it hasn't been done yet, but she's at least talking about it. I'm just wondering how much of this is politics and how much of this is really listening to the officers who are the best of the best, everybody. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024.